Acting why black and female could be hazardous to your health. I'm here <laughs> talking about it uh, with two of my favorite um, black dresses. Uh, is that offensive? I hope not. Anyway, it's not. Okay, good. You didn't give us time to answer, but it's not. Great, because the openings are for me, Ash. Sorry. Okay, we're going to be she's talking. She's going to try to take over. Ash is going to have a podcast tomorrow. You know what? Cut to the music. Cut to the music now, Gina. <laughs> Okay, hi, Don't At Me listeners. Today we are going to be talking to you about the sisterhood, okay? The Blacktress sisterhood. I am sitting with two of my absolute favorite people. Better say that. Not only to like work with, but to just be around. We're like, just I, friends. Like, We're friends. I love y'all. First of all, Ashley Blaine Featherson, who <laughs> plays the lovely Joelle Brooks in uh, Dear White People. Um, I'm looking at my page for the rest of your credits, but I'm I'm gonna mess it up. Here's the deal: Half you're brilliant. Was you. also in your movie Bad Hair. That's true. Also in my movie Bad Hair, we are slowly trickling out these casting announcements for Bad Hair. It's fine, but you're crazy and brilliant. And also, so are you, Courtney. This this yes. Courtney Sauls, who plays Brooke, which was certainly I would say a breakout, breakout. character last hey. season. <laughs> and also uh, in Bad Hair. And you and I went to the same high school. We uh, did. Courtney, so Houston Coalition. H-10. Up in the house. Yes. Um, Maryland. <laughs> Dear White People is my own show, and obviously, because it's me, it tends to be a little female-centric. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's not the case for most of TVs. In fact, um, you know, one of the things that I hear all the time, you know, on every project, there's like the casual cool white person who's just meeting me for the first time that says something to the effect of, you know, well, says the hardest thing to be in this industry right now is a white person, you know, but, but there is Uh this, there is this feeling of, no, I'm not trying to get venomous now, but no, 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 it's true though. But there Mm -hmm. is this real feeling among white actors that it has suddenly gotten impossible yeah. for them. Dried up. And that everybody is just looking for the black women. So Ashley and Courtney, you know, my first question is gonna be, is that true? Have you just been inundated with roles? No. Okay. Could not wait for your white people to come back. <laughs> Listen, I was okay. counting the day. <laughs> Listen. Inundated with roles. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> Hello. I mean, I see diversity a lot more on a breakdown. Or open ethnicities, which means they want an Asian girl. (laughs) Okay. Well, first of all, for the casual listener, what is a breakdown? Okay, so a breakdown is what uh, breakdown services are where uh, agents, managers, um, whatever, they they are going to get... Uh, the character descriptions for their actors that they can send them on audition. So, mm-hmm. you know, it'll be, you know. So like a, syno- like a short synopsis of the project, yeah. whether, what it is, film, when television, it shoots, when it shoots, what sh- and then network. the character breakdowns, which are like who is who and what role they play yeah, in yeah. the story. And who all the producers are and blah, blah, blah. And it's usually like a sentence or less. I mean, some. I mean, for me on the creator side, 
they're pulling it from like whatever the script is that mm-hmm. we've just turned yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. But we, and I look at it, you know, after they write it up and then it goes out, but I don't like sit there and labor, you know what I mean? I'm not like trying to express myself through the breakdown um, language. So <laughs> my question to you, to you is like, how do you read through them to know if there's something good there? A good part is worded the same way as a, a regular part or an average part, just the way the character is described sometimes in these right. breakdowns. How do you, how do you? Well, s- I don't know. I don't know that that's so much us. I think that's more so our reps. Yeah. Because by the uh-huh. time it gets to us, then we already have the appointment. So uh, therefore, for us, it's so more so. So you don't so, even see that right now. For us, it's more yeah. so when we get the sides, which right. are for the listeners, those are um, lines from the script in which the actor will read in an audition. Then yes. that's when we can kind of Definition. determine. <laughs> that's when we can determine whether or not the role is is fitting for us or not. But right. okay, so let's get po- let's ladies let's get political for just a second, okay? Right. Because here's the deal: I'm fascinated to talk about acting. Mm. I am. You love acting. I love it. I know. But here's the thing: we he, Trump is like a wannabe dictator, and I think we just need to talk about it for like five seconds. Yeah. I can always just I can write something. I can. Mm-hmm put my opinions about this out there in the ether. So yes. how do you feel in terms of your art and getting to express yourself through it? Like, how does that, is that even something that, you know, is, is it like that's a different part of your life? Or like, how do you square that? I'm just curious. I mean, I think be, unless you were creating our own work, then it does become that we are subject to whatever is being offered. And hopefully we're picking projects or projects are picking us, mm-hmm. or we are meeting in the middle, that do have something to say. And so then the characters that we're playing are a part of you know, expressing an opinion that might not be popular in the White House and, mm. and, around, and surroundings. I'm grateful that I have Dear White People because it is saying something, and it right. is offering a voice that is important right now. But other than that, I think... It's not necessarily sometimes the work that you're doing, but how you use your platform. Right. You know, the more people get to know you. Like, Ashley has a K behind her number. I don't know if you know on Instagram, she has a K behind it. No. And a check. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, I knew she had a certificate. So, yeah, she's got... She's, oh, she's K got a... as in thousands of followers. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're in the K club. Yes. Okay, so... Like, Ash and I are so, both so in like, the K club. <laughs> so, literally, so so then you have a responsibility, okay? I, and I use it, all right? Um, yeah. So you say you ain't got one yet. <laughs> yeah, I can act right just fine. After oh, this, after this, after this. Um, no, for me, but I just want to say I I will over and over again say how lucky I feel to not only be on Dear White People, but specifically to play Joelle Brooks, because to me, she is everything that Trump, for example, and people that support Trump don't believe in. Mm-hmm. They don't believe in smart, dark, beautiful, kind, driven, impassioned young black women Mm -hmm. like Joelle. So I Mm -hmm. think to play her is a gift, but it's also like, it's to me a fight back. It's how I kind of fight back. It's it's how it gives me even more passion and vigor in playing the role because it's not just a role. It's, it is activism for me. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about how you guys got here. Not so much a history, but I just, I want to break down for people who look at you and look at you on a show that gets a lot of attention, mm-hmm. see your face, feel like you're, you know, you're out here, you're famous, you're, you're doing your thing. Mm. I want, I, I want to <laughs> break down what's that, but I just want to break down for people who don't really know what an actor's life looks like. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I have to ask is what, when did you fall in love with it? And 
You know, here, I'm going to start with a really quick statistic. Yes. Only 19% of all female speaking roles on TV are black women. Wow. Which is an even smaller number when you consider the fact that women only make up 40% of all speaking characters. Mm. So given that, it's, it's like, you know, looking for a needle in a haystack, okay. basically, these parts where you get to be an actor, pay your bills, but also say something. I mean, these things are really hard to find. It seems to me that you gotta really love it. So when did you fall in love with it? I fell in love with it very young. Like my my most prominent memory is I was in um, was four years old in Montessori school and we were doing make a long story short, we were doing the play The Three Billy Goats Gruff. I got oh, yeah. cast as a Billy Goat and mm-hmm. I was like, nah, the Billy Goats ain't right. Mm-mm. They're mean. They're like yelling at people. Like, I don't like that. Like, mm-mm. So I, my dad's like, what? You got one of the lead Billy goats. And I'm like, dad, just doesn't feel right. I don't want to do that. <clears throat> so I asked for, for another how part. How old were you? You were like, dad, it doesn't feel right. I was a four. I was okay. four. He'll tell you the same yeah. story. It like, doesn't feel right. It, I was like, it, didn't, <laughs> it, didn't, like it didn't resonate with me. And so I kindly asked to be a bunny who was just sweet and hopping around. It's I didn't a think fair, I had It's a line. fair ask. It was a fair <laughs> ask. And, but my point is that at that age, I knew that I loved this. But I also knew that I that I only liked doing things that felt good to me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to compromise that. You know, my parents, to be honest, they always helped cultivate my craft. So mm-hmm. from that age on, I was always in voice lessons, always in dance class, always in acting class. Started, you know, my parents got me a manager when I was 14, started doing professional theater at 15. So, you know, I had parents who really believed in me and allowed me to kind of live that, like, actory life mm-hmm. from a very young age. I kept begging them to let me get on um, Disney's Bug Bug Juice, which I don't know if you guys remember. I it's, have no idea. It was that, a reality that? show about um, young kids at summer camp. And what? I, it was like The Hills, but with kids on Disney. Did you go to summer camp? I did, but I wanted to be on TV on summer oh. camp. Well, yeah, that would be the crucial yeah. difference. Yeah, no, so, but I know, but I'm saying I didn't even go to summer yeah. camp, let alone like- Girl, so, I went twice. <laughs> I went, I went to Girl Scouts once, and someone tried to drown me, and I never Same. went. What? Someone yeah. tried to drown you? Well, sort of, so I did Boy Scouts, and we did the summer trip or whatever, what? and I remember like it was like swimming day or something. Yes. And you're standing in front of this lake, and I'm like, first of all, I'm like, we I grew don't up in, do lakes. Yeah, yeah, they tried to get me to do the <laughs> yeah. lake, too. We, we don't grew do up, lakes. Well, we grew up in the city also, so like I've yeah. never encountered like yeah. a lake No, like the that. bayou is as much water as you get. Yeah, and I was thrust into that lake. <laughs> Me too. And I never, retu- I never returned to the Boy Scouts. Yeah, it's fine. same. Um, some girl tried to drown me, but it's fine. I have lots of trauma around water, but I can swim now. Oh. So she tried to murder you? Well, she was being mean, you know? First of all, you having lots of trauma around water is something <laughs> we're going to need to work in the season three. Um, <laughs> um, so, what is, what is, so when did you fall in love, Courtney? You know, okay, so my uncle and aunt still have all these videos, but when I was young, I used to do Christmas programs for my family. Um, and I would, like, write raps, original raps, like Christmas raps for my boy cousins and I have one of those for this Christmas I would love a Christmas party and I would do dancing it was like a variety show but like I was one of the younger ones so like no one would ever do it so it ended up just me doing everything and making my sister do a couple things and so that was pretty I mean that was I was very young and like middle school I started really getting into acting so I knew from a young age that this is what I loved but I don't think I realized until like high school that it was like an option like a, the, for a career. Like you could actually like do this for real. Like it right. was like, this is something that I love wow. to do. I'm like good at it, obviously. Okay. Everybody's like, she's so great. Like telling my mom like, which one? She's the one whose daughter is 
yelling the loudest and quiet. Like, why are you? Why is she so? They told my mom to get me tested because they thought that I was deaf because I would speak so loud. And my mom's like, well, at least you can hear her. Like, I was always like, oh my god, oh, very. I was always very outspoken and not afraid. But then I went to a performing arts high school. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I went. I went there too. I know. Remember when you directed that one? This is so shady. So we have this back and forth. Uh, It doesn't matter. Um, No, but you did. But Courtney directed. Courtney directed the Hispanic no. Heritage play. There were no Hispanic people to direct it? There were none okay. available, okay. apparently, who could direct they the play. They were all in it. They were all in it. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. So it was up to sophomore, no, junior Courtney and sophomore Joe. I was the assistant director. Okay, and but he, but this is what was, he does for a living, so he should have cre- known better. There he were sh- creative tensions from the start. <laughs> <laughs> I would die to go back in time to Me see too. this. I would kill for that. Oh my god, can you imagine? Oh my god. Just you guys at a meeting. Honestly, like, so you know you know what I just realized? That was Lytle and Brooke. Like that's oh where Oh my that, god, that totally was That like, has to be where that came listen from. Listen here, I just 100%. died and came back alive. I right just now. realized that. That's crazy cuz that exactly is. Cuz I was like, here's what we're doing, okay? Mm-hmm. And Justin's like, "No, I don't think yeah. that's right." And I'm like, this is what we're doing. I have thoughts. <laughs> and I'm like, no. <laughs> We're not going to do those thoughts. Um, well, because also at that high school, the... And now we literally do Justin's thoughts. <laughs> yeah. So sorry. And now we literally do Justin's thoughts. No, but uh, it, we'll see it inspired me to, yeah. to take over and become a dictator of my own. No, but um, I remember in that school, the hierarchy was very real. And I oh, really, yeah. I revered court. Like, the people above you, uh-huh. like, Courtney was like a god to me. And so... I mean, um, not, not anymore? Well, yeah, you're a goddess. <laughs> but anyway, the point is, though, so you love, you both loved it. Mm-hmm. You got here. What is it being here? What is it? It's, because. Well, that for me is kind of what the transition was because acting was never difficult for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have, like, sure, like there were a few parts that I didn't get, Same. you know, whatever, or things that I wanted and was kind of what sad about. But it wasn't until I got here really kind of started at Howard when I went to Howard. But really when I got to LA, it it was hard because I felt, I didn't feel seen. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel understood. I really felt the weight of being one of a million people trying to do the same thing. I was sad that I wasn't making a living doing what I wanted to do and had to work a million jobs. Like it, it, it was very, and what I want people to know is that it didn't really change for me, Mm -hmm. like really change where I can say, this is a true life change. My Mm -hmm. life condition is different Mm -hmm. until maybe a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll I'll actually say a year ago. I'll say a year ago at 30 is when I really was like, okay, like I can kind of breathe a little bit now. I can live in an apartment that like I actually like now, but I've been out here in February for nine years. Mm -hmm. And the irony is not lost on me that we are little kids who just want people to see and hear us. I mean, that's why I am a director. That's why I, I, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not why, but it's certainly a part of it. Oh, a thousand percent. And Mm -hmm. just like Ashley, I had always been like told you're so good. Mm -hmm. I went to NYU, which is one of the, you know, best theater schools. Oh my God, you're so great and then I moved out here and I was like huh mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a, from a theater background mm-hmm. where it's like you can your oddness is 
celebrated because it, it's like you don't need to be a certain size. You don't need to look a certain and way. You're truly you can that transform you can be anything. anything you, that you, yeah. That's the art of acting is to transform. Yeah. And, film and that's and also the nature of theater. Is it, you, is, you, it, yeah. it is. And we you, all come from theater. Yeah. You pick a person who in their core has the ability to give you a version of this character yes. that could be really interesting. And sometimes the character has been around for literally centuries. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the character has just been created. But mm-hmm. you, you're picking somebody for their ability and their potential. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're not yes. picking somebody who comes fully formed because mm-hmm. you have a rehearsal. Pro- you have yeah. the, the way theater is made is sort of built in to discover yes. the thing. And film is not that way. No. What do you do with that when you come from a place where... You know that you're talented. You know that you're special. You're in this because you want to be seen. And then you come here where you never feel seen. Mm-hmm. What do you do with that feeling? How does that come home with you? How does that inform the next audition? Honestly, I I was struggling mentally with my mental health mm-hmm. um, and even my physical health. I was I was thinking I needed to be a certain way or certain like look a certain way and and. I was not kind to myself. Mm. And I started, <laughs> plug for yoga. I mean, I really started delving into the yoga philosophy, and which I teach on the side. Um, You're fantastic. <laughs> when did you discover yoga? My senior year in college, I, t- I took it as an elective, and then mm-hmm. I started practicing at studios in New York. Um, and then I moved out here, and I was super depressed. And my mom was like, why don't you find yoga again? You were so happy. Because with yoga, I actually did feel myself like kind of blossoming mm. um, because I was learning to really like love myself. In a way, it was like a, it was a therapy. I've also done other types of therapy, but like it was a therapy. It yeah. was a transformative time for me. And so when I, when I got here and I started really like kind of delving in and doing t- teacher trainings, I realized I can't be anybody but myself. Mm. Like I literally cannot. And people can see it. They can feel it. And once I really just was like, oh, this is who I am, that's when I it started opening up for me. Yeah. Honestly, that's when I found my reps and or they found me and I started working when I just was like, this is who I am and I'm just not going to suffer anymore yeah. trying to be something that I'm not. Right. And I think in my it is it is changed the way that I even approach acting because I We'll look at a breakdown and say, well, who who, well, who do they want? Who do they want to see? And instead, I look at a breakdown and say, how is how how can I bring myself to this? Mm. Because ultimately, no matter what, you still have to belong in each role. Yes. You have to. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's soulless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I so much of acting is auditioning. Yes. And uh, I was putting a lot on my auditions and I was not very kind to myself about it. This is what happens for most actors, which is really hard. You put so much on the auditions because you want your life condition to change. Yes. And you know that if you get this part, then I can pay my rent next month. Mm-hmm. I can go visit my family I haven't been able to see in a couple of months. I can pay that light bill that hasn't been, whatever it is, you, you, it's, it's the hope and it's the possibility of my life condition changing. Um, but I had to let that go. I ha- I, that was, that's been the biggest shift for me. 
and my friends always laugh at me about it, but like, I, I don't want to say that it's that, that I don't care, but it's what's for me is for me. Mm-hmm. If I go into an audition and I forget every single line and I'm there as a mute, if that role is mine, it's going to be mine regardless. Well, that's the, that's the, that's the thing about acting and why I could, I knew I could never do it after mm-hmm. high school, even though I loved acting mm-hmm. in high school. I absolutely loved it. And there was a moment when I thought maybe I'm going to go to school for this because even though I, I knew then that I wanted to be a filmmaker, I just, I, re- I loved it. I loved being on stage especially, but auditioning, I mean, the thing is, is that the job of acting is not acting. The job of acting is auditioning, auditioning. Mm. just like the job of a direct, like the actual day-to-day job mostly is pitching or preparing or trying to direct, mm-hmm. trying to get something off the ground. It's all these other skill yeah, sets that almost have nothing to do with it. Yeah, because once you get the job, it's not the job. No. It's... I, it's playtime. It's playtime. Yeah, it's yeah. playtime. I mean, well, it's a job too for me. So, sure. But still, but like, yeah, but I, yeah, it's fun. It's that's the fun part. But so much of your time is not spent doing the fun part. No. So, how do you go after something and then be at peace when you don't get it, and then when you don't get it again, and then when you don't get it again, and then when you? I mean, I, I I'm sorry to, you know, I, I can't help but think of the bald guy in Fame who's like, you know. Acting is the hardest school of them all, or whatever. Yeah. But it, it's true. How do yeah. you do that? You know what? I this honestly changed my life, and this is this worked for me. And I've encouraged some other people to do it, and they said it's worked for them. So, I really, really want Oprah to bring back Masterclass because mm. Masterclass was just life changing. But I saw Susan Sarandon's Masterclass, which was amazing, and I just live for. Yeah, S squared. Of course. Like to call her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's our. It's their thing. It's so. it's our thing. It's, it's thing totally fine. Cool. Hey, S squared. But she talked about auditioning and all that, and she said that what she chose to do because auditioning is hell to celebrate each, each audition. Mm. So after each audition, she would do something nice for herself. She would either have a glass of champagne and be like, all right, girl, good job, whether you get it or not. You drinking the champagne. Mm. Or she would go get her favorite yogurt. Or she would go, you know, get a good lunch that she wanted, whatever it was. And I realized that I was punishing myself rather than rewarding myself. Even mm. just going through an audition is a victory, mm-hmm. whether I get it or not. And so I decided to start celebrating myself and celebrating what felt like losses and I only celebrated them knowing that they would set me up for whatever my win is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But that took a mind shift. That took, I mean, that took years for me to get there. I mean, I was probably 27 by the time I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be like freaking out over these auditions so much. That's why I, I say that it's really important to know the difference between passion and purpose because acting is not a passion of mine. It's my purpose. So because of that, I'm able to keep going. If I think I honest I know for a fact if, if I was just if I were just passionate about acting, I wouldn't still mm-hmm. be here. Because it's not enough. What you're saying is that it has to go deeper than has to. a desire to do it or yeah. a an, an obsession with it has to go deeper. Yeah. Um, I mean, I relate to that because I feel I do feel like stories can change the world. I feel like the world is actually made up of stories. And that is what keeps me going when it gets really dark. And Speaking of it getting dark, I, I want to talk about, you know, everyone says don't look at anyone else. Just look at your own lane. Uh-huh. I don't know how anyone does that, especially yeah. in the age of Instagram, especially when sometimes, you know, especially in our friend group, it's our friends. Yeah. It's your peers that you're yeah. going up for roles <laughs> for. And literally, like, you know, you'll see somebody who you were slumming it last week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get, get some huge slumming part. It. Do you know what I mean? Like get some huge break and and you're 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 still there. It's like yeah. how do you how do you do that? How do you cuz I don't know how you just don't look at anybody else. 
So I'm assuming you probably do. I mean... But where does that live in your life? How I do you make room for that? Do you make room for I it? I think what Ashley was talking about purpose is goes hand in hand with, you know, trusting your journey mm-hmm. and trusting your path. I mean, that faith. Which is super easy to do, right? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. I mean, it's a literally, I think, a lifelong, it's, it's a lifelong challenge, but... Like Ashley was saying, like what is for you is for you. And that is, it is hard to digest, but it's got to be the truth. I have to believe, I have to believe that. Otherwise, what am I doing? Yeah. Like I, I have to, I have to believe this is meant for me. I have to believe that what mm-hmm. is meant for me is meant for me. And I have to believe that like, I am not in competition with anybody because this is my journey. I also, I think, you know, I've been really, really blessed to have such a great, tribe in LA Mm -hmm. like I also think that that that's kind of a lot of people don't have good people around them Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. that's it's Mm -hmm. especially in a in a town that's as vapid as LA Mm -hmm. it is imperative that you have people around you who don't make you feel less than yeah and so for me that hasn't been as much of a struggle Mm -hmm. because my friends have never made me feel that way. Mm. You know, I've never felt, damn, Courtney got a gig and I, I'm still over here on unemployment. Like, I right, right, right. li- honestly never felt that. I have those people around me on purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also important to kind of check yourself in your own ego. Like, if I just look at, like, if I'm just speaking even about just, like, my closest girlfriends, like, we're on all such different levels of my career. I mm-hmm, mean, just, mm-hmm. I mean, from me to Courtney to Lena to Aisha Hines. Like, sure. there's so many of us that are, you know, on so many different parts of the map, but we're all supporting one another through it. And mm-hmm. we're and no one's trying to make anybody else feel inferior or less than or so I don't know. I just really encourage people to have a good try because that's what can drive you insane. Right. But even then, I mean, I, I'll say this. I, I've never I've never coveted somebody else. Like I've never been upset with somebody for getting mm-hmm. something. But I have certainly been like, damn, yeah, for just, sure. I, yeah. Ha, ha, had a moment over, oh, I I wish I was there. Yeah, right. No, right. oh that I'm I'm not saying that I haven't felt that. But yeah. what I'm saying is that it helps not feeling that in my immediate circle. But you know, so many people I, I, I so many people get ahead because they have bad behavior. Yes. yes. And there's so many, I mean, there's. I, I actually kind bad of make behavior. a bit of a rule to not work with people who I see trouble a coming. Like, it's yeah. just, it's sort of like a, I don't, it doesn't kind of matter who the name is. Like, if I feel like this is not going to be fun, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not as excited about it. So um, my question for you is, though, is when you see these people, and I think because there's a lot of actors who take that feeling of, oh, I wish I was where that person was, and they make that person an enemy, and they mm-hmm. do things, and they manipulate, and they mm-hmm. find ways to get over on people. Yeah. What do you do? What do you, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about- I know people like that. Yeah. I Good. have dealt with I that. Yeah, I mean, I know beautiful. it sounds crazy. No, no most, but that's beautiful. I honestly have not, I've not dealt with that. I don't know if it's just a shield of protection from the Lord I ha- above, yeah, I, I, don't, don't, mm. I don't deal with that, no. Yeah. And, and if, but I will be honest, with the, um, how should, how should I phrase this? <laughs> However with, you want, he's done at me. With the visibility and what people believe, I guess, to be fame and popularity that came with Dear White People did come people 
at times who who I knew were trying to steal my joy a little bit because of that. Mm. Because they didn't have what they assumed that I had. My answer for that though is that I just didn't entertain it. Right. Mm. It wasn't a You just didn't engage with these I didn't people. engage with these people. And sometimes it's not even with some people it was like they made it very clear. With other people, it's an energy. Uh-huh, mm. uh-huh. It's an energy. Like, there's some people that don't even say anything, but you, you, you can feel, feel it. it. Yeah. You can feel the competition. And, and it's funny because I always laugh about myself. I'm naturally not a competitive person. It's why I was, I'm extremely athletic, but I'm terrible at sports because I don't <laughs> care who wins. My dad would be like, Ashley, seriously, you just weren't trying because I was really good at soccer. He would be so mad after the games. I was just like, Dad, I'm just here for the oranges. Who wants like, to run that Come much? on, Dad. Like, I'm just happy for the other team. Like, I'll be high-fiving the other team. All my other, like, teammates would be, like, sad and crying. I was like, listen. Like, it's just not my personality. So I've never sat in an audition like, mm, I hope I this I literally don't. do not know people like that. <sighs> and, I mean, now, have I encountered somebody at, like, an audition that I know on the periphery that's not, like, a friend and they kind of are looking at me with a side eye? Yeah. Sure. I legit don't even think I had a conversation with that person. Yeah. Like, I yeah. do not know people like that but that is true as your star continues to rise Mm -hmm. people will come out of the woody the woodiest of the woodworks (laughs) 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 and and try to you know shake some shit can i say shit yeah you can say anything oh Oh, i said fuck earlier and then felt bad about it oh don't oh our parents i think listen to the show oh that's fine oh my parents oh okay no listen my mom doesn't mind but i would hate i do not listen yeah we're respectful people here but still people will come out though like and that's and i know you've experienced that of course it's hilarious every time there's an announcement Oh. oh thank you for listening to this kcrw podcast in case you don't know us kcrw is public radio in los angeles bringing the best of npr to southern california We're also known for our own brand of bold and innovative programming, evocative storytelling, taste-making music, and audio documentaries that are little movies for your ears. You can join our community to support this show and others, or make a one-time donation just to say thank you. Find out more at kcrw.com slash join. Here's the, here's the other thing about what you were saying about tribes. Yeah. I'm, sur- it's, I'm in a bit of an awkward spot because I am a creator. I do create characters, and I have a lot of friends who are mm-hmm. actors. And it's, it's, I always feel it when I'm like... How is, actually, I have a question for you. Okay. Please. How is... No, seriously. No, like, I know, but I'm just laughing because I knew that if we actually would turn this into her podcast. No. I wanna, but I, 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 I receive it. I'm not it. trying to turn this I into... Love I love it. it. No, I, I no. receive it. I receive it. I no, really but do. No, but no, honestly, like, for you... How is that for you? Like, what do you feel like this extreme weight of responsibility? Is it frustrating for you? Is it hard for you? Like, how does how is that being someone who technically can employ your friends mm-hmm. and not always being able to? Yeah, it mm-hmm. sucks. Okay. I hate I hate that. I hate the feeling yeah. of because there's situations where you work with an actor on a role for months and then replace them because yeah. that's what the story the story has evolved yeah. and the project has evolved in a place where like 
now you need somebody else. Mm-hmm. And and it's just part of the process. Mm-hmm. And so for me, because I've been on the other side, I absolutely feel it when an idea I had for somebody didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the truth is I'm in a lucky spot because there's everybody in my tribe that's an actor, I j- legitimately am obsessed with some aspect of them that because frankly you're black women no one else has seen like Mm -hmm. other shows aren't writing for that and other movies aren't writing for that and i know when i'm looking at someone who is talented because it's raw or when someone has craft or when Mm -hmm. someone i I can always see that and and so i kind of obsess over you guys and when i'm in my process i there's always a program that's always running it's like oh is there a spot for that for that thing that I saw. I'm kind of a bone collector. Mm. Like when I go through life, I collect things that I'm obsessed with that, I, that spark me. And then when I sit down to write, I look to see is there room for those other things yeah. that maybe have nothing to even do with this thing I'm doing, but they were just exciting. Mm. And oftentimes those other things are moments that I've seen from my friends who are actors in their lives or in their performance or whatever. So yeah, I'm always thinking about it. And it's some of it is, is not even just, it's not altruistic. I'm thinking about it because I know that I've got like, I've got people who nobody else, like nobody can see that this in these people. You have like, like an yeah. untapped fountain. Yeah, like like of talent. You tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like sometimes black women actors, it's like you got like the best players on the bench mm-hmm. because there's just not enough opportunities. Mm, and yeah. and I have a lot of those bench players around me who yeah. I'm like these people are brilliant. You have a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, but it's 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 great for me yeah. because there's always like a ooh, I can really put some an interesting energy into this role that nobody would have thought of because I've I know blah blah blah. Yeah. And I can't always do that and it sucks. And and I also like I bounce ideas off of you guys too and, and things that are in nascent stages and they become something else that like is now the role goes to some yeah it, it, it I it, yeah I, I think about it all the time. Yeah. But I also I know that I have a responsibility to the story that's first and foremost yeah. and I've it's cost me no, I wouldn't say it's ever cost me friendships, but it certainly caused awkward moments between mm-hmm. me and friends. Yeah. Because the story, I love it too much to to be nice about it. Mm-hmm. I, I have to do what's right for the story. Yeah. But I but I I I en- I really enjoy taking aspects of someone or something that no one else can see and putting it in my shit. Like I love it. Yeah. I love it. I think that's why like people always remark on my casting mm-hmm. because I'm look I, not only am I looking for that thing that you have that no one else has, but then once I have you, I'm going to I want to bring it out of yeah. you. I love that. I have a question for you for me. What are the things <laughs> What are the things like? Do you have? Do you wonder sometimes what that other side is looking for? Like, do you have any questions about that? Uh, what do you mean, other side? Just like the the oh, directors, yes, the, like, the writers, like, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you know, when you go into an audition, you have such limited information about what they're looking for, how they're looking for it, why did I get this part, why didn't I get that part, etc. Just curious if you have any. any we can get real, guys. This is done yeah. at me. I. Do you want to go? Or you want me to go first? Go. So. It's interesting because <laughs> acting is subjective. Yes. Right? It's just mm-hmm. a subjective, it's such a hard job when you think about it. And the way you stay sane to me as an actor is you have to, like, for me, I'm always trying to get to a level where I trust myself even more. Mm-hmm. Let's even just skip auditioning okay. and let's just go to when we already have a job. Okay. I find a lot of times when I'm on sets, that a lot of times actors will be like, you know, whatever, scene, they're doing the scene, cut. Hey, to the director, hey, was that okay? 
Like, did you think, so I, like, do you need me to do something else? Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And I, I'll even catch myself doing it at times. But what I find is that that's feeding an insecurity. Mm -hmm. If a director, if a good director needs to give you a note, he will they'll give, give you, you the note. note. Yeah. He or she will give you the note. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to put out there that I am lacking or that I'm not confident in whatever I'm doing. I need to do my job as the actor and I need to let the director do his or her job as the director. So I say all that to say, I try not to feed into like, what are they looking for? Yes, mm -hmm. me too. What do they want? Because if I do that, then that means that I don't know what I want. Yes, mm -hmm. And then I don't know what I need. And I don't know what I'm trying to do in my process. I can't do your job and mine at the same time. Right. Now, if I then one day, if I'm doing like the Regina King thing or something like that, and I'm in something too, and maybe I'm, I'm directing it, then I'll have to figure that out with my brain, with the two sides <laughs> of my brain. But right now, if I'm the actor, I need to be the actor and mm -hmm. know how to take a note. But even with auditioning, like sometimes yes. I'll go into an audition room and I am like the only black girl there. Uh. And it's all white girls, maybe one Asian, and they're all like super mm -hmm. thin and like look this certain way. They almost all of them look like that. And I'm like, come in and I'm completely different. I'm not gonna be like, well, how would they do it? Mm. Because like, you can't. I can't. There's no way. I have to go in and give them my version yes. of whatever they're asking for or whatever it is they put in their breakdown mm -hmm. breakdown it should be a drinking game every time you hear it take yeah. a shot um so like i just have to go in and do my version of it and also you might inspire them yeah you sometimes oh. they don't know well that's what i'm always looking yeah, for yeah sometimes they don't know exactly what they're looking for they might have an idea of what they're looking yeah. for but you come in and they're like oh i never thought of it that way I, oh. and, and I'll say this I think it depends on the director because mm. some directors yeah. some directors that's want true. it their way mm -hmm. and that's the only way they want it and some directors have a trouble have a lot of trouble communicating with actors mm. specifically mm -hmm. because the craft is a mystery to them and so when they say something like I want you to be sad here they know they know that they're not helping you do that I think there's an insecurity because they don't know how to speak your language uh -huh. and I do think that some of that comes from when you've worked with a director who doesn't know how to speak actor and you watch the takes and you're like, that wasn't great. And if I, if I, if I could see the scene the way the director could see it, I, I would have done that differently. And so I think some of that comes from actors who have worked with directors who don't know how to talk to them. Mm. And I think what I've, what, as a director, what I've found is that all of you are profoundly different in the way that you work. Not one, not one actor that I've worked with works the same way. Really? Not a, not a sure. single Ooh. one. And, and I have to be flexible because mm. when I'm with you, Ashley, you and I have a one-on-one -on -one relationship that is very specific. When I'm with you, you and I have a, Courtney, mm -hmm. you and I have a one-on-one. -on -one. So like I, I never work with actors the same way. I, I work completely different with Duran, completely different with Tessa. You guys all have your own thing. And I actually, I enjoy seeing the world the way you see it and sort of. Speaking their language we're or do dialect. We're like, doing, yeah, yeah, you and I are doing this. Yeah. And Do you believe that you are like a little bit of an empath? Yes, definitely. Because mm, that, because that, that's what it sounds mm -hmm. like. You know what I mean. I'm you an, have to... I think that's where my writing comes yeah. from. Mm -hmm. But I think that also comes from being a single boy, gay boy. You know, mm -hmm. uh, to a single parent, um, mm -hmm. you have to learn the moods of other people, or you can't, you won't survive that well, experience. I think being, and that's something that I think even being a black person in yes. America yes, is absolutely. learning how to, to what 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 coat am I wearing in this room? What skin am I wearing in this room? And it changes slightly. Um, and I think that's just something you learn 
early on. You pick it up, and it, it by the way, it, it doesn't. It's not all. It's not all positive. There, no. are, there are dark sides to that. Um, but hey, I want to get to some questions from oh, yeah. the internet. Uh, Tabanet thirty four from Insta wants to know from Courtney. How did you remain positive when you went through the ebbs and flows of auditions and rejections? Well, I think I mentioned it earlier. I think yoga really helped me. The yoga philosophy, not a religion. Mm. Um, You know, because people get weird, like, oh, it's the devil. Uh, No. People Mm -hmm. get We're from the South, I forget. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, moving my body, being in my body, um, taking me out of my mind a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, because the mind can be so uh, consuming. Just having something positive to put your focus on, whether it's writing in a journal, whether it's cooking, whether it's chanting, whether it's, uh, you know, like I said, moving, finding something else to do that you like to do that doesn't have anything necessarily to do with acting. Yeah. Yes, yes please find something else to do. That's great. Please. Um, okay, this is a really good question. This one's this one's to you, Ashley. This yeah. is from Mara's World. Yes. Underscore dash. And she wants to know, can you tell us a story about your experience with colorism in the entertainment industry? Yes. It's been clear, it's been made clear to me a few times that I was too dark for a role. Mm. Which is crazy. So for me, I found with a few parts that I can't be dark, smart, and like, kind of like maybe funny or whatever and like be seen in the same way I hate to say it as someone who's lighter than me Mm. like there's just parts that I know for a fact I didn't get because I was just too dark for it Mm. it wasn't because I wasn't right right for it it was just they didn't see a dark skinned woman Mm -hmm. in a role like that or a lot of times in like the role of like someone who's like desirable Mm -hmm. like Mm. that's been hard for me you know I think it's funny a lot of people are like you need to be like doing the next like love jones or like we need to see you as like a nice like wife of somebody or whatever but like i don't like those parts don't really kind of come my way like it's not like and and i know that i'm i'm a little young for like the senator's wife or something like that but my point is that like i'm not typically cast or seen as the girl who is the pretty lawyer who's married to the guy or who it, it's just it's not I have to be the funny girl mm-hmm. or I have mm. to be the best friend mm-hmm. I can't be the one who it's about I have mm-hmm. to be the person who a lot of times fuels the story that it's uh, who is about and that person nine times out of ten is lighter than I am and is that and you know one of the things I love is that we've I mean we've kind of worked that into the storyline with yeah. Sam yeah, because yeah. I think like you know I think the thing I love about the show is that it is truly an ensemble and you can introduce somebody as someone's friend and then go into their shoes and go oh yeah oh they mad or whatever you know <laughs> mm. um so yeah I that is I mean it's a mind it's a mind fuck um but also just a question for both of you What's the slice of pie that you're after? For me, like, I know that I'm not there yet, and I'm at peace with that, but I know what it looks like. Do, do you have that? Do you have that, piece, that this, I've made it now thing in your carrot in your head? Or, or is it not like that for you? The I've made it now isn't acting job contingent for mm. me in an odd way. It's life contingent. It's like... 
for me, like I've made it is like being on a television show that I love and that I can still have a normal life to a degree and I have my dog and I have my husband and we're starting a family, like like we live in a home like, and I'm doing my other ventures and things like that. But I don't know what that job, I, and I'll be honest, I don't have like a dream role. Mm. I think a dream role is hard to say because it's something that I have to feel. Mm. You know, in a lot of ways, Joelle is a dream role for me, but I didn't know that it would be until I did it. Right. You know? Right. I'd uh, love to be Lady Macbeth on Broadway. That would be my dream role. Mm. Um, that, to me, if once, like, wow. if I can get to that place where I am literally, like, I am Lady Macbeth on Broadway, like, oh, my God. The witch's oh, play. Yes. yes. That's, that's it. But that's I agree with a... Ashley that I, I want to be able to have a life. And, like, I want to be able to work consistently and love what I do and not have to do bullshit and, like, just enjoy all the jobs that I have. But also, you know, have a family. Yeah. I don't necessarily want kids, but maybe. Um. <laughs> Okay, so I have a question for you. This is we're getting into don't at me territory, and I encourage you to be real. But we're getting towards the end of the show, so okay. the, oh, man. well, this is just the don't at me. I this have is such a bad one. This is the stuff that you get to get off your chest. And I have a question for you, <laughs> Brits. How do we feel? Black Brits coming over, taking parts, mm-hmm. acing it, yes. killing it, slaying it. By the way, amazing, amazing actors. Mm-hmm. But it seems to be different. Why do you think that is? Do you think that is? Tell me what you feel. Don't at me, <laughs> but it's cool and all, but I do it. it I don't like when they are playing roles. Slaves. No, I, okay. <laughs> Slaves. But I guess that kind of goes with what I'm saying. But it's part of the black experience. I don't like American when they're playing experience. roles that are like clearly a part of the, the African American experience right. because there's too many african-american actors who can play those experiences now if it's just an experience of a person of color a black person fine but like when it, i just i don't like that don't ask but me. how but my <laughs> but but the meta question is because on the other side of the fence i'm i'm always gonna me as a i'm always gonna pick the person that's most exciting to me for something right and what, what do you think the difference? What is the difference? I have an opinion about this, but uh, I, I want to. I don't know. Like, I, I don't. Oh, I don't honestly what don't know. What is the difference? Because, I think that they I, have a different type of comfort. I mean, listen. Because if, if I'm a black actor from Britain mm-hmm. who gets an amazing part, I'm not giving that part no. up because I technically didn't grow up here. No, 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 no way no, in no. hell. No, but I don't think it's their responsibility. I no. think it's the responsibility of those who are casting these projects. But I'm also my... not. I'm also yeah, always going to cast no. the best person. Yeah, I. Or best and best person is 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 obviously not objective. Because when that accent pops out, but you playing a dude from the inner city of Chicago, mm-hmm. then I'm like, okay, best person for the role, but that accent is popping out. So like, I'm irritated now. <sighs> <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's, that's a hard one. It really is a hard one, honestly. Because it's so gray. It's not like... Don't at me, Scarlett Johansson playing a transsexual. Well, that's like that. That's That's what I'm saying. It's not like that. It's a great. It's it's not a black and white. It's not like. Yeah, I'm not even asking if it's right or wrong. I just personally, how do you feel about it, and why do you? Well, that's how I feel about it. Is like I feel gray about it. Like I clearly know that one thing is not like. Sit down, ma'am. Ma'am, sit down. You're yeah. not, you can't play this role. Like, do I think it could go to a black American? Absolutely. Would I like that? Absolutely. Do I think it's wrong? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think so. I don't think it's wrong. It's just I, I would prefer it. I, you know what? I feel like there, the difference is just uh, so, sitting on the other side of the table and I've auditioned lots of British black actors and American black actors, et cetera. 
The difference to me is that the, as an outsider, there isn't any baggage. They're not coming in with having been here playing the bullshit roles for 20 years mm-hmm. or, you know, having mm-hmm. to like be the sassy friend in like a commercial. They're not coming into the audition with any of that because like they didn't, that's not that experience. And I feel like that, you know, when you talk about what are they looking for? That is the thing I'd never want to see in an audition. Like I don't like when you when I can feel in your performance that you're trying to be something for me. Yeah. Like I'm out, and I don't think that they do that as often because they don't even know what that thing is. Like because they haven't had to their entire. They haven't been chasing that American black target that we all are. That's in our like fucking DNA. But it's a thing, it's like when a black girl can sing well and twerk, it's like, okay, cool, expected. When a white girl comes in and does it, it's like, oh my God, yes. because it's, yeah. you just don't expect it. And I yes. think, I do think that That's that true. has something to do. But also, the talent is is across the board. There's a lot of talented black folks, period, no matter where they're from. And That's I think true. that, you know, I, listen, I think I, I think it's tough in these streets, but this is why we have Don't Abby to talk about the, the, the tough things. That was a good question. No yeah. one could ask me that. Yeah. But like if you were casting Rosa Parks mm-hmm. for something, mm-hmm. it you wouldn't mind if Rosa Parks was from Ireland. No. Okay. Because here's what? the thing. Because the most important thing about if I were making a Rosa Parks movie, yeah. the most important thing about that movie is that people is Justin making a Rosa Parks movie. I'm absolutely I mean, not. But, but like no desire. But no, no shade to Rosa Parks whatsoever. <laughs> so down for the movement. I just personally I you, y'all know this about me. I have no desire to tell a black people in the Jim Crow era yeah. South story with no twists or irony. I have no desire to do it. No what, so, That's real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I have no desire to be like the earnest story about so and so I have no desire. I will go see that movie. I am in support, but I can't make that movie. Just that, can't do it. You know it. what? That's fair. That's, That's I can't. Fair. I, can't do it. I can't even say like. But let's say I was right, and some and a black woman from Germany came in or Australia came in and nailed the audition. Right? Yeah. I'm I'm only thinking about the experience of the audience and whose version of Rosa Parks is going to make you yeah. go. Oh my God! Not like yeah, that's Rosa Parks. That's exactly what I thought Rosa Parks would be. I'm always looking for someone who who brings a surprise to the role. And if that person happens to come from Australia and has dark skin, that person's gonna get the role. Also, I'm never making this movie. No, you're <laughs> never. I think Rosa Parks. But you're so like, I'm like, cool. I'm like, that sounds. Courtney, fun. you could be Rosa, maybe. You know, y'all know I I'm weird. Yeah, like if Rosa Parks was like secretly like time traveling, I'm kind of in now. Okay. <laughs> Now I'm in. But... Oh, she's back. Oh, my God. Okay, Rosa's back. Yes. She's on, like, she's like a spy now in the front of the bus. That I would make tomorrow. Or no, tomorrow. she's driving the bus. She's driving the bus Wait, now. What? She's not in the back okay, of the bus. Okay, now it's getting... Okay. Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm losing the thread. Um, <laughs> oh, I love you guys. All right, I want to thank my booze, Ashley Blade, Feather City, Courtney Salzburg, sitting down with me today, our producer, Gina Delvac, and Kara Hart. Uh, our production engineer, Shad O'Brien, Chuck Prevateri. Special thanks to Vishnu Vallabhaneni, head of programming, Quid O'Toole, Chris Bowers created our theme song. Yeah. <laughs> this is Don't At Me with Justin. If you like the show, please subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and leave a review. Show love for us. Um, and uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Don't At Me from the one and only KCRW. Thank you, guys. Yes. Don't at me, though. Don't at me. Don't at me.